Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And we're in a series called Financial Fitness, being good stewards with what God has given you. But what does a stewardship mindset look like? And then how do I look at the world? Well, Pastor Sean says that wise stewardship is the product of wise habits. So let's talk about that. Today's message is called Financial Habits of the Wise. It's time for Real Life Radio. Third habit of the wise when it comes to finances is start saving. Start saving. Proverbs 21.20 says, In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. It's this idea of consuming all that we have. And one, it's just not, it's, it's not wise, but two, as, as disciples and followers of Jesus Christ, we should ask ourselves, do I have a right? If I'm a steward and it's all that, do I have a right to consume all that I have? I understand it's not wise, but do I even have a right? Am I entitled to all of it? Does it all belong to me because I earned it? Go back to point one. But this idea that in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. I put savings under habit because it has to become a habit. That's what this is about. Okay? You pay God first, but pay yourself second. That's what savings is. And it has to become a habit. I want you to write in your notes next to that point, start saving. I want you to write something. I want you to write freedom fund. Because that's what savings is. Savings is your freedom fund. This is where it starts to get good. This is kind of the good news. This is where you begin to see good fruit in regard to your finance. When you begin to save, everything starts to change. For those of you who have never saved and are always living paycheck to paycheck and are behind and the debt's growing but the savings is not, I I just want to say to you, this is the good stuff right here. Because saving, your freedom fund, begins to do things for you. First of all, it lets you start living beyond survival. Wouldn't that be great? Start living beyond survival. Second, it helps you when those unexpected expenses come up. By the way, unexpected expenses, that's an oxymoron. Okay? Because something always comes up, doesn't it? Have you ever had a time in your life where nothing came up at all? Ever? Can we really, in all honesty, call them unexpected expenses? No, something's going to happen, right? Things break, things need to be maintained, stuff happens. It's part of life. It's always been that way, and as far as I can see, it's always going to be that way. Plan for it, and all of a sudden, you're not a victim of those unexpected expenses. You begin to be prepared for them, and you have something to deal with the very expected stuff that happens. A third thing that the Freedom Fund, the savings can be, is an obedience fund. Now, this is where it really starts to get good. When God starts to move on your heart and says, man, somebody should do something about that, and all of a sudden you go, oh, well, I can't. Wait a minute. I have some savings. Lord, do you want me to do something about that? Yep. Cool. And all of a sudden, you can be on the other side of that equation. You can become the one blessing something or someone. God, I wish that kid could go to camp. It'd be so good for him. Somebody should give a scholarship. Wait a minute. I can give a scholarship. Oh, man, somebody, my neighbor, that poor lady, she needs her fence fixed, and somebody needs to just help her do that. Wait a minute. I can do that. I can be that person. And all of a sudden, you're in a different place. Now you're in that place that something in our spirit longs to kind of reside in, and that's the place of a 
a giver. You know, next week we're going to talk about generosity because there's something in us wired to be generous. We want to be. We're afraid to be sometimes, but we want to be. And this is where the action is. That freedom fund, you can begin to respond. It's an obedience fund. God says, I need you to go and minister to this person, but it's going to cost a plane ticket. You know what? I can do it. There's a missions opportunity that I want you to be a part of. You know what? I can do it. Because you've been working on that freedom fund and your obedience fund. And the fourth thing that the savings will do for you is it'll keep you from debt. It'll keep you from debt. And debt is one of those things I'll talk about a little more in a moment. But it's a good thing to be kept from. And some of you can't even, as you start thinking about this savings, oh my gosh, I can't envision it. Here, let, me, let me help you with it. Think of savings as replacing your credit cards. See how that works? It becomes your credit card. It's like, well, when I have something unexpected that comes up, I have a credit card that takes care of it. Well, if I, I have something I want to go do and I don't have money, I have a credit card that takes care of it. Stop that. How about your savings starts to do that? And it, just think of it. Some of you, you're not, you're not even relating. You're glazing over savings. What is this strange thing you're saying to me? These words. It's like he's trying to say something up there. I don't, I don't get it. Think of it as your credit card. Now you understand me. Get a savings account, put a debit card on it. And here's the beauty of it. You are getting interest instead of being crushed by interest when you begin to do that. And you, when you have to borrow, borrow from yourself. Financial advisors tell us that we should save six months living expenses. Six months before we start looking at other ways to invest. We should save six months of living expenses. That's a, that's a big deal. And the purpose, is, the purpose is so that if we end up having something unexpected happen with our job or we lose our employment, we're not in a crisis where we have to start taking whatever or making drastic moves. We can actually respond proactively, and we have some time to work with that. Proverbs 24, 27 says, Finish your outdoor work. Get your fields ready. After that, build your house. And that's such a funny little passage. You go, what does that mean? means take care of your business and then start, kind of, then take care of your, kind of your home. That's the stuff you consume. That's your kind of nest, if you will. Your fields, your fires, they represent your business. And for most of us who are employees, this is the building of our business. So you save six months living expenses and then you begin to invest for retirement and for other things like that. I want to challenge you. There's one exception to that on the six-month uh, thing. Um, if your company does a matching deal for retirement, like an IRA, 401k, something like that, where they'll match like 3% or they'll 50% match, whatever, you need to participate up to the maximum amount. Because if you're not, you're just walking away from money. And I know if I drop a $20 bill here, okay, we're going to have people bumping into each other trying to pick that up and, you know, trying to help me and get my 20 back to me, right? You, you know, we don't, you see a 20 on the ground, you're walking around, you're going to pick it up. Well, if you're not participating in your employer's matching funds, you're walking past way more than 20 bucks. So I just want to encourage you in that regard. But then you begin to look and say, okay, I'm going to invest in some longer term stuff for retirement and other things that God would have me do. Proverbs 13.22 says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. Wise stewardship, folks, is the product of wise habits. These habits will change your life. Number four, have a financial plan. Have a financial plan. Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste leads to poverty. Proverbs 23.5, cast but a glance at riches and they're gone. You ever experienced that? Just look at them in the wrong way, they're gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. I love that. 
Solomon got it. He says, have a financial plan is what he's saying. You need to plan. What is a financial plan called? Somebody tell me. Budget. Yes, it's a budget. That's what we're talking about. And some of you just, your allergy flared up when you heard that word. Okay. This, I hate this. And he started talking about budget. This is church. We should talk about Jesus, not budget. Sing a song. Get the band back. <laughs> the fact that you're laughing knows you know, either you're like that or someone maybe very close to you is like that. A budget is a plan. In fact, in your notes, there's a sheet. We gave you, pull it out so you can just take a look at a budget planning sheet. Some of you, you got this down. This is, man, you could teach this way better than I could. But others of you, this is like, either you're like, what, what is this budget he speaks of? Or you're like, I've been avoiding this. Well, we got to have the conversation. Let's, let's put the sheet up on the screens. Okay? These numbers, these percentages, and we looked at this a few weeks ago just briefly, but we're going to look a little more right now. These numbers are taken from Dave Ramsey's material, Larry Burkett's, others who have really worked on this, and they're a guideline. Okay, this is not in the Bible anywhere, okay? You're not sinning if you change these percentages somewhat. But here's the percentage that needs to be the same, right? At the bottom, 100%, okay? You start going 110, 115, you have a problem, all right? That, that, that is where you're, you're in trouble, okay? That 100% isn't going to change. So you move a percentage point here or there, it's got to come from somewhere. That's the beauty of a budget. It helps you get a handle. It helps you face reality. Couples, you need to do this together. Okay? You can't have one of you really working hard and doing it on the budget and the other one working to undermine and destroy the budget, okay? which I think is the way some, some people feel, honestly. Okay? Couples, you've got to get a plan together. You've got to work on it together. You've got to agree on it together, and you've got to help support it together. Okay? Now, we threw some numbers in. Let's put up the next slide. Threw some numbers in. Take a look at that slide. Remember, shirts had an average household income of like 80000 and San Antonio was like 60000 Well, we just threw that number in because that's approximately the San Antonio thing for household. Yours might be higher, yours might be lower, you just change the numbers. But there, if the household income was 5000 a month, okay, that's what those numbers would look like. Savings, tithe, your housing, utilities, on, on down. And, the, and, and again, understand, you might be looking at, oh, dude, that is approximately our household income, but our mortgage is $1,400, we're dead, we're doomed, ah, forget it. No, don't do that, Okay? If your mortgage is $1,400 and you feel like you can afford that and that's an okay thing, just know the bottom line number isn't changing. You have to find it from somewhere else. That's the bottom line. Now, maybe you have the most understanding boss in the world. You can go, oh, look, um, I did a budget and I I need to be paid $400 more a month. Thank you. And your boss maybe will go, oh, of course, let me get that right now. Or maybe your boss will throw you out in your ear and go, live within what you're getting paid. Get back to work. Do that after hours. I don't know. The point is, these numbers here behind us, they are what they are. And and the beauty is, it gives you targets and it gives you those limits. We want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in a series called Financial Fitness. And if you'd like to hear this full message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now on demand at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you'd like to come visit River City Community Church, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. 
I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And back to the message called Financial Habits of the Wise. This is Real Life Radio. Here's the way some people do this. There are, there are softwares that will help you do this and help you actually work this out, quick in, quick books, things like that. There's apps that are very simple that will help you live with it. We had a guy in our church. He is in our church, Chuck Burge. He showed me one day what he does with his budget. He pulls out, a, a, he prints out an Excel spreadsheet with his budget. And so that he, in the columns next to it, here's the budget, he can, oh, I just spent this out of that category, subtract it, and then put the new, what he has left for the rest of the month. That guy's a dude. That's way over my head. So when Lori and I got married, we knew that one of us was a little more frugal and a little more, you know, wired for this, and then the other was a little bit more of the spender kind of type. I won't say who's who, because, you know. Okay, so anyway, we, <laughs> we had to do a little simpler system called the envelope system. Okay? And the envelope system, how many of you have used the envelope system? Yeah. The envelope system is pure genius because of its simplicity and it just works. You take, there are certain things like your mortgage and insurance payments and car payments, whatever, that are going to be the same all the time and you're paying them with a check or an electronic deal anyway, so it doesn't matter. But anything that there's, that there's flex and you're kind of spending maybe one, a little bit this month, a little less that much, you put envelope in, or cash in envelopes. We had this little thing that, that Lori had and in it were the envelopes. And so we knew how much we had each month for whatever it was. Entertainment, you go in, hey, let's go to a movie. Okay, you know, we can go in, and the envelope is there, and there's money in the envelope. Okay, we can do it. But if the envelope's empty, dang it. I hate that. It's like it's the third, and the envelope's empty already. I can't believe it. Understand, you can, you can take from another envelope. Okay? But just know, that envelope has a very limited supply as well. And so you can borrow from another envelope. That's great. You can borrow from the clothing envelope, for example. But it's like, okay, but then when you need to go buy something, it ain't going to happen. So just be aware. And it's a beautiful system because of its limits. And because it catches you. And it, it, you don't, it doesn't allow you to get in trouble. And early in our marriage, we needed that. Okay, I needed that. Now we do a very modified system. It's very loose, but we still, we get the cash. It's what we have. When it's gone, okay, we can pull from savings. But just understand when you do, that's a a problem. You're not living within the 10, 10, 80. And if you did that perpetually, you would end up depleting your savings. So it's, it's built in you know, checks and balances. Some of you look at that and go, well, that might be close to our household income. There's no way we can live in that. The clothing thing, man, we, we need more than that. I'm just throwing that num- number out. You'd be amazed at what you can do. I have a friend who uh, is, he's a certified invest, investment financial fiduciary. He counsels people and he does insurance and investments and all the stuff for folks. I've known him for years. He is one of the most frugal people I've ever met. Seriously, crazy frugal. I mean, it, he would never buy a new car could not live with the waste of the money when he drives it off the lot, 
and he's never owned a new car. You know, ever. He, two of his old cars that he drove, I bought from him. You know, in just the years of our friendship. He currently drives a, a kind of modest, but it's a Mercedes-Benz because of what he does, and he wants to have a nice car for clients and stuff like that. Uh, he paid less for his Mercedes than I paid for my Toyota. And I didn't buy mine new. So I'm just going to have him buy my cars from now on. I'm, I'm just saying, he, has, he, he always dresses impeccably for business. Very sharp, very, uh, you know, just has to look sharp. And he always does. Press, looks good. He said to me the other day, I was talking to him about this talk, and he said, um, yeah, I have a closet full of suits, because I have to wear suits every day. And he says, I have a closet full of suits that look pretty nice. And I th- he says, don't, I, I said, I'm almost, he said, I'm almost positive. I haven't paid over $50 for any one of them. He says, in fact, there's one that I carry just because of this when I'm talking with people that I have a nice suit. It was from Frank Brothers, and he, he sent me a picture. He says, in the pocket, I have the receipt, and he pulled the receipt out and sent me a picture of it, and it's $12.98. He found it at Goodwill. And you're like, oh, but I'm not going to shop at Goodwill. Yeah. Well, this is the type of guy who's got his house paid for. This is the type of guy who's, who's always had cash. This is the type of guy who's free to do whatever he wants. Today, I believe he's leaving, taking his family on a ski trip. Lives unbelievably frugally in the areas of his life where he knows he, he wants to keep his expenses now so that he has some freedom in some of the other areas. I just want to challenge you. You can live within your means. You can. I'm serious. You can do it if you choose to. Okay. If you choose to, you can live within your means. That's what a budget, and a budget lets you know where you are, okay? Once you do this process, you know what you're facing. Do we need to cut some luxury expenses? Do we need to cut cable? You're like, what? What is this craziness you're saying? Cut cable? You know you could live without cable? It would not suck the lifeblood from you, you know? Hey, I'm not anti-cable, okay? Please don't get me wrong. I'm not up here with an anti-cable platform, all right? I'm just saying... If you get serious and say, I'm going to live within my expenses because I don't want to be, I don't want to be stressed. I don't want to be, be in this situation of having this pain. I don't want my finances to continue to be a stress between my wife and I and my husband and I. You can do it. You just got to get serious and do it. Go for it. But once you start doing a budget, you'll know what you need to do. Do we need to sell the house? Oh, that's too radical. No, it isn't. If, you, if your house doesn't work with your income, with a normal budget, constraints and that's what this is about sell it seriously sell the thing you'd be amazed because how much you'll enjoy your new house that you can't afford and you'll enjoy the freedom that you begin to have and you'll see things differently i promise you fifth discipline and i gotta do some fast preaching here okay so quit slowing me down (laughs) fifth discipline get out of debt Get out of debt. What's interesting is you notice I put saving and financial plan before debt. As important as debt is, the reason you're in debt is because you weren't saving and you didn't have a financial plan. That's why I put those first. Okay? Get out of debt, Proverbs 3.27. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it's in your power to do it. Romans 13.8. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. Debt is killing so many people. Marriages break up over it all the time. It is a bondage, creates unbelievable stress, and some people just get sick over watching their money be taken by interest. Watching your money be stolen in front of your eyes by interest. Okay? On the other side of the handout, you will notice the debt snowball. Again, Dave Ramsey uses it. Larry Burkett used it before him. There are others. Okay? Debt snowball. Huge. Here's the debt snowball. It gives you an explanation. I'll run through it real quickly for you. 
The idea behind it, it is a plan to help get you out of debt. The idea behind the debt snowball is this. Let's say you had four debts, okay, that you wanted to pay. And there may be more, but I'm just going to, okay, one, two, three, four. The first debt is $1,000. Second is $2,000, $3,000, and $4,000. Your minimum payment, let's say for argument's sake and simplicity here, is 50 bucks each. That's your minimum payment that they require of you. Right? And you've been paying minimum payments, and you're getting farther and farther behind because the interest, it's not even covering the interest, and you're getting in a hole that you wonder if you'll ever get out of. The debt snowball simply says, okay, get everything you can together and, and how much you can pay. Let's say you put everything you can, and you're still living, but $300 a month is what you can do. The debt snowball says attack the, the smallest debt first. Now, if there's an exorbitant interest debt difference, you might change that. Dave Ramsey, who's great at motivating people. Dave Ramsey's stuff is really good because he understands regular people, and he's great at the motivational part. He would say attack the smallest one, okay? So let's say you had $300 you could spend on debt. You're going to start with the smallest one. Say you've got to pay these minimums, so this is $150 that you're going to pay, but then you're going to put $150 towards this debt, okay? Pay the minimums on these, $150 towards this until it's paid off. And then when it's paid off, you get that incredible euphoric feeling of getting rid of the debt. Now, here's where most people fail. Most people go, oh, look, the Lord is so good. He's freed up credit space for me. <laughs> Don't make me come down there, okay? <laughs> I mean, really, this is the problem. We go, oh, we've got space, so we get another debt and re- replace this. Big problem. Big problem. Don't do it. The debt snowball says you now take, you're still spending 300 a month. You spend the same amount until you are done. You spend the maximum amount you possibly can on debt reduction. But the difference is you're going to go at this second one now. You're going to pay $100 on these two because you've got to pay those minimums. But you're going to put now 200 towards this one. And you're paying 200 a month. Obviously, in 10 months, this one will be gone. And then so on and so on until you are out of debt. You see how the debt snowball works? If you get a little raise in here, you get a little bonus, go ahead and throw it in there. The debt snowball is about getting it done as fast as you can and watching those debts disappear. And the joyous feeling when you go to the mailbox and you don't have a bill from these people anymore. It's a great feeling. And it's about being free and getting out of the prison of debt. And you hear people who've gone through financial peace and they get debt free. And, you know, one of the things they do is they talk a lot about it, how they're debt free. And you know what? God bless them. They should be talking about it. It's an awesome thing to talk about. And if you're annoyed by it, it's because you're in debt. That's why you're annoyed by it. Shut up. You know, you don't want to hear about that. Well, you know what? How about instead of that, instead of crying about it, how about becoming one of them? If you're in that, seriously, become one of them. If you're in this place where this, if the, you looked at those last two habits and just go, oh, the budget and the getting out of debt, I can't do it. I, I, please, I beg you, sign up for our financial peace class. Sign up for the next financial peace class. Because going through it with a group of people, there will be people there to help you actually walk through it. It will rock your world, and you can do it. Hundreds of people around this place have. Hundreds of thousands of dollars of debts, maybe even millions of dollars of debt, has been retired through this process. So I just want to encourage you to become one of those people. Because wise stewardship is the product of wise habits. Last one, I'll close with this, kind of coming back full circle to where we started. Submit all your plans to the Lord's leadership. So important. Submit all your plans to the Lord's leadership. That means your budget, your debt reduction, your finances, your spending, whether you're going to sell the house, whether you're going to have cable, whatever you're going to do, submit that to the Lord's leadership. Lord, what do you want me to do in this? Proverbs 16.3, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. That's powerful. It's the idea, Lord, if it's your will, I want, I want to do what you want. Here's my plan, Lord, but I want your plan more. So, Lord, you take this and do what you want. Tweak it as you like. Because James 4.13 
through 15 says, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we go to this or that city, we'll spend a year there, we'll carry on business and make money. He says, Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Don't meditate on that a lot because it's pretty depressing if you think about it. Okay? But in the eyes of eternity, it's exactly true. Verse 15, instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. And my challenge to us, walk through life. That's the heart of a steward. Lord, what's your desire? What's your design? Don't make your financial plan an idol. I've seen people make their business or their financial plans an idol. Don't do it. Remember, the end game is freedom. And we want to be free so we can follow Jesus. You want God's blessing. Put him first, but then at the end of all the habits, submit all of your plans to the Lord's leadership and see what he does. Because his desire is for you to be free. He made you for abundant life, real life, and financial, financial brokenness is crippling so many people. That is not God's design. He wants to set you free. Listen to this last verse in closing. Ecclesians 5, 19, 20. Ecclesiastes. I, I just merged Ecclesiastes and Ephesians to Ecclesians. That's awesome. And then I stopped to explain it. <laughs> Ephesians 5, 19, 20. Moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them, to accept his lot and be happy in his work, this is a gift of God. He seldom reflects on the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with gladness of heart. That's God's will for you. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called Financial Fitness. And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message and this whole series, it's available right now when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to come and visit us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road, right behind Rotama Park. See all the details, directions, and service times, also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Real Life.